Hello, everybody. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. On this episode, we'll be discussing Groove Music, the commitment from Microsoft to launch six new Microsoft mobile devices, and, of course, our personal app, music, and podcast picks. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith. I'm joined by David V. Kimball. David, how are you doing today? Doing great, Vernon. Uh, had a great weekend, a very tiring week of recording another podcast, uh, but really excited to be back in this podcast and be talking Microsoft and all things mobile. Thanks thanks for being here with me. Always a pleasure. Well, David, I, wa- I want to hear how your week was. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what? Um, I'm, I can't imagine you got any sleep at all. Uh, I got some. I managed to get at least six hours a night, uh, but it was, oh. you know, hustle 100%. It was go to work. Uh, first off, it was coordinating all the interviews because I had to interview every single day for that week. And, making, and then, like, they had to reschedule, so making sure that was all accounted for. Uh, going to work every day, coming home, recording the show, editing the show, pushing it out in the evening, eating dinner, going to sleep. Like, that, that's what my week looked like. Nice. That's really cool. Uh, folks, uh, listeners, if you're not aware, David has started his own podcast basically about a week ago, and you have, what, six episodes out already? Basically seven, including the preliminary one, yes. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, for podcast folks, uh, the general rule of thumb or like the average is most podcasts last, if they don't make it to seven episodes, they're not going to. Basically, like that's yes. like the cutoff. Whether you so you win, David, you got it. That's kind of the uh, um, whatever the make or break point, I suppose. Lucky number seven, awesome. Yeah, uh, David, uh, what can uh, how can uh, how can people listen to our show? Um, well, if you enjoy the MS Mobile Show, you can subscribe. Subscribing is a thing that podcasters do when they like a show, right? I think you might be familiar with that. Uh, if you would like to, go to msmobileshow.com slash subscribe. We also have a video version available on YouTube, and you can watch our faces talk if you are so daring. Uh, We both love Twitter, so if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at msmobileshow. We have found Twitter to be one of our favorite social networks for tech-related things, so we tend to be the most active there. Do you want to introduce our guest, Vernon? Uh, first of all, I will say I apologize again for those of you who are, are listening that happen to see my face and also that I don't have a lower thirds to help cover up some of that. I'm still <laughs> not good at interneting, so uh, no lower thirds for me. Uh, you'll just have to look, look a little bit harder if you want to follow me on Twitter or listen, <laughs> maybe even listen. So Our guest today is Josh Martin. He's the social media manager for a, uh, a company of some sort, a small uh, kind of a startup consulting company, as I understand it. In Ottawa, he's from uh, Canada. We've had a few. I guess maybe you're our second Canadian, but we uh, intend to have more. Actually, I won't give it away. Um, <laughs> Josh, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be back uh, back on a podcast. It's been a while, so yeah. So yeah, yeah I do awesome. social media management for uh, business consulting and um, basically marketing firm. So. I do social media management for. Um, myself, and um, <laughs> sort of for the MS Mobile Show. I don't know how well that's done, but uh, David obviously has much more experience with that. That's really cool that you do that, Josh. Um, and you, I, Before we recorded, you mentioned that you were on other people's social media accounts more than your own. Would you mind going yes. into that a little bit? Yeah, it's funny. Um, 
before I started the job, I was constantly, constantly connected to my own Twitter and, like, tweeting every five seconds probably annoyed more than a few people. But um, now that I do this, I'm on everybody else's Twitter. So by the time I'm done with all of that, my head's spinning being, like, ten different people in a day, um, I go back to my own Twitter. And uh, once or twice I've accidentally tweeted from... Uh, clients Twitter or posted something on their Facebook which is never ideal <laughs> and uh, yeah so you know promoting like Starbucks for um, a client that doesn't sell Starbucks at all is, is kind of awkward sometimes it gets me into a bit of hot water but that's okay it's the life <laughs> of the life of social media management now because so. you have 10 different accounts I'm assuming you've adopted 10 different writing styles for each one right <laughs> yes. yeah um, from managing like a uh, counselor that does a lot of like divorce uh, mediation and things like that to a mall that's like really upbeat and really uh, you know really personable and stuff like that to like an event planner is just it's kind oh, of man. yeah yeah you wear many hats in a day that's for sure that's for no sure kidding. you go from sad and somber to excited and perky in like yeah. two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying about uh, tweeting on the wrong account. I, I'm going to have this person be nameless, but uh, <laughs> a friend of mine who actually worked at the university that I went to um, tweeted out uh, this person was getting married and basically explained how excited she was about getting married on the university account. And so... You know, I, I sent a message to this person said, hey, well, maybe you might not want to post this on the university one. So it was promptly deleted, but um, yeah. it happens to all of us. Um, but anyway, th thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I want to say it's a rookie mistake, but even when you're not a rookie, it still happens. It yeah. still happens. <laughs> I, I've certainly done that. Uh, there's a, just, a, just a few different Twitter accounts that I run or, or am, have access to, I'll just say. And it has happened where I think I'm posting something personal, and it goes on the MS Mobile Show, or goes on Glancical Radio, or something like that. And um, you know, it's not intentional, obviously. But one thing I found that does help with that, for one, I use Tweetium uh, as a desktop client, and also for the for the phone. And you can set the accent color in there. Um, so you know, whether white or black, you know, I have a white background for not me, and then I have black background for myself, and then also different accent colors for the two different. Um, accounts that I use. So if I'm in there, this this color is in my face, and I it it's a obviously I guess to some extent might be even a subconscious um, correlation. I would imagine. Also, what I've done in the past is if you don't use it, um, even if you have Twitter accounts that can or Twitter clients that can have handle several of the, several of them, I will make a point to use a different Twitter account or different Twitter client for different accounts. So that if I'm sharing something, especially from my phone, I will you know, okay, Tweetium is for this, and um, Aries or like whatever is for this account. Meadow, for example, uh, we don't use Meadow anymore, but I make a point to really keep that separate. And also, I have several different browsers on the PC, so instead of logging in and out, I will just use different browsers for that, um, and that helps, especially if you're just tweeting from a, a link, or like a you know a website, and you don't want to copy paste all that kind of stuff. Um, but I can't. I don't have enough browsers to handle ten accounts, so I don't know. I this is this feels like a, a rookie tip. Um, what would you? What do you guys do to really keep it straight, Vernon. especially if you have more than three? Oh my goodness! Making accent colors that is so brilliant. I That's had not smart. thought of that. That's smart. Yeah. So this is what I do. I do something even more amateur and ridiculous. 
when I manage multiple accounts. What I do is I have Internet Explorer, one account. Uh, open in private browser, other account. Firefox, one account. In private, or whatever they call it, Firefox, another account. Google Chrome, one account. Uh, incognito window, other account. Then I have Chromium, which is the base that Google Chrome is based off of. One account. Incognito window on Chromium, other account. And that's the ridiculous mess that I have set up on my desktop when I run several Twitter accounts. It is not practical. It is not something you can take around on mobile. It is just what I tend to do, and uh, it's ridiculous, but that's what I do. How about you, Josh? What's your solution? Yeah, um, when I, because I, I don't only manage Twitter, I'll do, like, their Google Plus for, like, the 12 people that are on Google Plus in the world, um, and, like, their Facebook and all that. <laughs> hey, kind of there's stuff. a lot more and, Google employees than that, Josh. <laughs> that's true, that's true, I guess. Um, but, I'll, and I'll do, like, the in-private browsing or incognito browsing for those different accounts for that, um, but the nature of the company that I work for, we use Hootsuite, and so we have, like, the professional Hootsuite thing. So um, I wish I could do accent colors and things like that to separate it, but Hootsuite is pretty basic in terms of uh, its visual layout. Um, so you just sort of have to be extremely careful every time you type something out and uh, just really make sure that you've selected not only the right Twitter account, but also that you've only selected one Twitter account because Hootsuite allows you to tweet to, like, to oh, multiple man. accounts at the same time with the same tweet. So you have to be really careful and meticulous with it. But um, yeah, definitely on my phone, I have like three different Twitter uh, apps that I use, and each app has a separate, um, has a separate account for it. Also, uh, one awesome thing that I didn't realize... Um, this is sort of a bit of a tangent, I guess, but um, uh, we manage a lot of Instagram accounts as well for a lot of our clients, and uh, what I didn't know until I got my iPad um, is iOS doesn't actually have an Instagram, an Instagram app that allows you to switch accounts within the same app, uh, at least not that I've discovered, and the ones that are, like the unofficial Instagram apps, look like garbage. They work like garbage. They're really bad. Um, but six tag on my phone, uh, good old Rudy, uh, amazing, amazing life-saving app. And now, like, all my coworkers are like, oh, wait, how do you, do you have to, like, sign in and out every single time? Like, how do you do that so quickly, like, when I switch between accounts? And I'm like, well, you can just manage multiple accounts on the app that I have. And uh, it's really, really cool to know what we have that other platforms don't necessarily have because it's usually... I think we can, if we're being completely honest, usually it's the other way around that we're lacking a feature, but it's nice that every once in a while we get something where we're like, aha, see, I can do that on my phone, but you can't. So. <laughs> exactly. SixTag yeah. is a freaking juggernaut. There was a yeah. whole video on YouTube from this uh, marketing uh, person, and she's explaining, it's a whole like five-minute video about, this is how you maximize Instagram, and she talked about five different things, like you can add more filters with this third-party app, and you can add... Uh, multiple accounts with this third party. I'm like, I commented, or you could just install six tag and have all those things in one app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. she's like, really? What? I'm like, oh yeah, it's for a Windows phone, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get yeah, some so feedback. Shout out to Rudy for that. Yeah. yeah, seriously, big shout out to Rudy. But let's get some feedback so we can get this show moving along. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, for, I'll just give one one piece of feedback, and you know maybe we'll pick it apart. Actually, I gotta go to my. Um, okay, our friend Rick Air, he's um, from Great Britain, but he has he listens to the show. He used to listen to Glance and Go. Somehow, I um, 
persuaded him to listen to podcasts he had not before, and so I, I, I'm glad that he's he's dipping his toe in the water, and I really feel bad that he has not uh, listened to uh, better podcasts than ours <laughs> to enhance his experience. But um, we uh, uh, he he listened to our Twitter tip, one of them. I don't remember which which episode it was, and he he adjusted, he he modified his his Twitter bio, and so if I can uh, even pull that up while trying to speak, and I didn't have this prepped. I'm really bad at this, but he he uh, put actually, David, do you have that? Remember Let me see it? if I can get to it. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I don't want to sneeze at my computer. I don't know what's going on here. But anyway, Rick, we said something about adding stuff to your Twitter bio. You want to put uh, potentially put hashtags I got in it. there to help um, and pull up. Uh, you want to describe yourself. I try to at least prioritize you know, the things I'm in. I try to put them in in, in uh, most important to me to least important. And let's pick apart Rick's Twitter bio because he uh, I noticed a few things in there I really really liked. Um, what do you what do you see there, David? Well, what's great is I like his opening I like his opening line, which is I don't tweet often, but I always reply. And what's good about that is you know when you have a line like that, not only does it give you a good idea of the experience you'll have or the value you'll gain from the account, but it gives them a personality. So, oh, Rick's the kind of guy that's going to reply to me if I say hi to him. Cool. That's encouraging. Uh, and then, of course, he lists his interests, and I'll let you go into that. And he also hashtags keywords, which is, I think is very important for a bio. Yeah, absolutely. He puts his he puts on there parenting. He hashtags twins. He has twins, and I can understand how that would be something that he could relate to others. I bet you he follows that hashtag and finds other twins or you know children, child twins, I suppose. And same thing with his own account. Uh, he also hashtag mobile and then space tech, hashtag NBA, film. And then he has hashtag Xbox spat, uh, space one. And I think that's brilliant because if you just put uh, hashtag Xbox one, then you're focusing in on just those people who are Xbox one, okay? But if you are Xbox, just hashtag Xbox, that's the broader community and so that is, I think you're going to show up in more of those uh, lists or, you know, those searches. Um, that's at least the, the, the way I look at it. What do you, uh, well, I, we'll finish up here. Uh, and, of course, he does have his location, England. He doesn't have to be too specific, but that's pretty, um, that, that is probably very specific enough for most people in the world unless he's trying to meet, you know, re in real life uh, friends over um, uh in, in England. Sorry, Rick, we are tearing apart your, your bio here, but it's really good. That's why we're bringing it up. What, did you, now, uh, what do you think about the Xbox space one, space one? Well, I mean, I know that from all this talk about it, he's going to feel really, really bad if he ever changes it, because we're going to talk about it, and then people are going to go to his page and be like, wow! Now it says, I like chickens. What's this about? Uh, so, I think it's great, because if people are searching Xbox One, just searching the phrase, they're going to come they're going to come across it. If people are searching hashtag Xbox, they're going to come across it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a brilliant move, what, 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 what you just said. Mm -hmm. And, of course, folks, you should follow Rick because he is one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. I'm not even kidding that. He doesn't tweet often. He says that. He does truly He truly does reply. And he, his tweets are always great. He posts great pics of one funny thing or another. Uh, he has just... He's always that level of humor in there that's just a little notch above everyone else or you know usually it's I don't know how else to describe it and uh, I'm not even like 
making this up. I don't know what else to say. Like I, I really do like Rick, and he's a he's a great guy. He's worth following on Twitter. He is Rick underscore Air, and he has a uh, Air Jordan um, symbol on his biopic. And of course, he um, with the little. Okay, David, what are we missing here? The uh, the people. What do you call it? people tile um, overlay? Is that what you call it? Are you talking about the the tile like uh, the 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 live tile for the people yeah. application? I guess that's what we call it. Yep. And he even okay, and he even has um, his biopic tagged, or maybe does everyone have that now, David? How does that work? Bio as far as uh, who's in, if you roll over it, yeah, you get the pop up, you know, like a tagging of an image, you know, of someone in a, in a photo. Where are you seeing this? I'm just on the browser itself. Okay. Um, Oh, it'll Maybe do. That. Everyone has that. Wow, we yeah. should look into that, David. Um, it'll it'll make it whatever your because uh, you have like your Twitter handle and then you have your name and it'll say whatever you put as your name. So Rick's is is Rick and then like my Twitter handle is Josh M N Martin. But if you hover over uh, my picture, it'll say Josh Martin because that's the name that I've put into to Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking it's about the profile in- picture. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's to yeah. make oh, okay. a distinction between like their Twitter name and like their actual name. Okay, I, I understand. Okay, sorry. I, I thought you, I thought you were talking about like uh, our our week's poll about the people tile. I was totally confused. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place with this. We've spent enough time on this. Rick is a great person to follow on Twitter. He did a great job with his uh, Twitter bio. Nice work, Rick. Let's uh, let's move ahead here. Um, that's all the feedback we're going to cover for this episode. We will jump into the poll, and uh, David, why don't you do that? I'm almost sure. out of out of breath here. <laughs> no problem. So last week's poll was: Do you prefer the address bar at the top or the bottom? Of course, this is referring to our mobile web browser experience. We got 140 votes. For most important question, though, David, you missed the whole thing. What? Do we pronounce it address or address? I was going to mention wow. that, yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say it wrong? I think you said address. Address. Yeah. I don't know. What's I guess I would think like, are you discriminating? Address goes on a letter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I, I just might leave right now. I just can't. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I want to say address how I want to say it. Uh, what? Take that. <laughs> so basically, we got 140 votes. And a whole whopping... Wow, it doesn't even it's so small, it doesn't even show. I have to hover my mouse over. <laughs> four four percent of you, five of you said wherever. I don't really care. Basically I don't really care where the address bar is. So there's five out of hundred and forty people, there's five that are completely apathetic. Nine percent or twelve of you said at the top, it looks better. And eighty-eight percent, so the vast majority, over one hundred and twenty of you said, I like it at the bottom, it's closer to my thumb. So it's very, very obvious that uh, for example on the mobile preview, we had a switch to the top. People didn't like it, so they kind of threw it back. It's back to the bottom, right? Correct. Yeah, so yeah. So evidence that Microsoft's listening to uh, feedback. So do you want to go over this week's poll? Well, basically, there has been uh, the scuttlebutt on Twitter has been the the new people tile on Windows Windows 10 mobile tactical preview. The, the people tile has the circular images of people in there, and it's has some animations in there, and it is uh, causing controversy. 
<laughs> the question is, do you prefer your people to be square or circular? Obviously, we're referring to the people tile on Windows Windows Phone Technical Preview, Windows Mobile Technical Preview. So that will be the poll. Um, we'll talk about it next week, but that's what's going on recently. That's that's uh, the current uh, whatever controversy. Yeah, so, so do you prefer your people to be square or circular? Now, is that when you get a double wide tile? Because I did the standard tile size, and I just got the standard people icon. I didn't get any sort of animation with circles or anything. Well, have you opened it yet? Did you yes. go in there yet? Yeah. Because sometimes it will not activate right away. It usually takes um, whatever. I mean, okay. You know, a little bit All right, well, I'll have to look into that then. Okay. Uh, so and there actually have been some different... Yeah, see, I'm at the regular square one now, and it is showing the circular. So there may be some... Um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Discrepancies? Well, yeah, what I mean is like when they send out a version, they have two different, when they send out a, you know, 10.166, they still have different versions for different people. I forget the term for that. I was just okay, like the that. rollout? Yeah, so there may, may just be different options to uh, see who flips their stuff about it or not. Okay. So. Cool. All right, so let's go on to the tip of the episode. If you want to embrace, if you're a fan of music and you have a great music library, it is time, now is the time, I would argue, to embrace cloud. And that's coming from a guy that uses his Zune HD virtually every day when he drives his car. Uh, OneDrive solution paired with Xbox Music, what will soon be known as Groove, is brilliant. You can take your music collection, throw it in a music folder on OneDrive, access it from any web browser, access it from your devices with Xbox Music, and it is truly a great uh, solution for that. That's all I have to say on the matter. What's nice about it, if I can just add something really quick to that, I I was thinking might be, like, it sounds really great, but I was like, ah, it's going to be annoying because people are going to name their music folder something weird and no one's going to know what to name it. Microsoft, if you already have a OneDrive account, has already made a music folder in there if you have OneDrive. So it's already there for you. Just pop everything in there. And I thought that was a really nice touch that they did because um, I think that could be really confusing for a lot of non-tech-savvy people. But, there you go. Yeah. And then, actually, to add to that, if you're, God forgive you, an iTunes user, make sure, go to uh, go to Preferences under Edit, I believe it is, in iTunes, and make sure... and choose that music folder in, under OneDrive if you want to get your iTunes to view your music collection and have all the album art and all that stuff. So, uh, And then any other music program that you use. It is great. It works well, it, especially for that music that you don't have um, that isn't on Xbox Music. You know, it, It's rare, but they exist. And if you, have your, if you own the music itself, just upload it. It's very simple. There's also creative ways you can... Um, share or continue to own music you may not have had before and I will not get into that but that is um, certainly helpful and then uh, there's it's obviously a great opportunity for adding music well yeah that's what I okay what I meant here wow adding music to your new groove music library which of course the, the name changed Josh um, we're glad to have you on the show you are on the show because in many ways we David and I have so much to thank you for us being in podcasting. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but you, um, the show you were on, which I'll have you elaborate on in a moment, the show you, you um, had a great big part in 
really was one of the very first and one of my favorite shows to listen to, and that is one of the reasons I'm podcasting. Oh, Josh, tell us about your podcasting experience. Yeah, so I was the uh, Zoonited podcast, uh, one of the Zoonited podcast hosts, hosts Anna and I um, were the podcast hosts there for uh, a couple of years, and uh, we this was Zoonited.net, and it's now changed to the Redmond Post. Uh, and I'm no longer there, but it was an awesome experience because it was my first real public foray into uh, like community outreach in the sense of like the tech space and Microsoft specifically. Um, and mainly we focused around Zune, uh, which for anyone that's seen a Family Guy episode or has been following Microsoft for a long time, you know what Zune is, uh, or was at least. And... Um, yeah, so did that for a couple of years, and um, as I'm sure you both know, podcasting becomes very time-consuming, and as school ramps up, it's a lot more difficult to do it, so uh, eventually uh, it did stop, but it was an awesome, awesome time with a really great community, for sure. Well, tell us about that community, and actually when that mm -hmm. started. Try to place us in what else was happening at that time, and help us understand just truly how, how long ago, at least how long ago that felt for me as far as Microsoft's progression. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of the last episodes that Anna and I did together, we uh, it was called "Are We the Microsoft Are Microsoft the Tech Hipsters of the World?" or something along the lines of that. And uh, I think at the time we really were uh, because nobody really saw Microsoft as like a cool company um, because all of the different uh, branches of the brand of Microsoft weren't really in the cool space apart from Xbox. Uh, except for Zune as well. Uh, and Zune had a lot of really awesome things going for it. And anyone that's used a Zune, anyone that I've put a Zune into the hands of, absolutely loves it. Um, but unfortunately, if we rewind back to that time when Zune was a product that you could buy, um, due largely to maybe just lack of attention in the marketing department, I guess we'll put it that way, uh, it didn't do as well as it possibly could have. Uh, and so we were sort of the heart of, I think, that community for a really long time. Zunited was. Because um, at the time, a lot of these people had used it and loved it and fell in love with it and fell in love with the brand and fell in love with the product and the service, um, but didn't have another group of people that they could largely reach out to like Apple did. And so I think Zunited became this, like, really awesome group of people that were really, really excited and passionate about uh, a really cool product that now, I think, uh, has really laid the groundwork for everything that we're seeing in Windows 10 and everything we're seeing in uh, Entertainment Division and things like that in Microsoft. I would argue Zune is really the beginning of all of that. I completely agree with you. I remember, I have to share this, I remember being in 8th grade and listening to the Zunited podcast uh, and being really excited about it, and hearing, listening to you, and listening to Anne, and I only did a few, a few episodes because that's when it was sort of starting to die down. But, um, but yeah, this is also another random story. About a year ago, I was getting my hair cut, and I started talking with the guy that was cutting my hair, and he he owns eight Zunes, and and he is one of the most diehard Zune fans I ever met, and it was completely, it wasn't online either. That's awesome. And he's like, this would have worked if Microsoft had bundled Zunes. With, with versions of Windows XP or versions of Vista, that could have really made it successful. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a really good point, and I think that um, 
and I don't know if, if everyone at Microsoft would agree with me on this, but uh, things like the Zune and the Microsoft hardware basically that is an Xbox is really wildly successful except for in the United States. Uh, in Europe, it's wildly successful. In emerging markets, it's really successful, and we're seeing that with Windows Phone. Um, pretty, pretty tiny market share in North America, um, especially in Canada. But elsewhere in the world, in Europe and in, uh, in Asia, in most parts of Asia, it's a real competitor, and it's number one, two, or three in most or all cases. Um, and I think that one, one thing that really hurt Zune, or hurt Microsoft with Zune, was, was not, not just the fact that it, they didn't like push it on anybody, like you said, like in bundling it with things, um, but that they didn't go outside of the United States. It wasn't even sold outside of the United States for pretty much its entire lifetime. Uh, and I think that looking back, it would have been really smart for them to, you know, start selling it and marketing it in the UK and in, you know, Germany and things like that, um, where I think they were a little more responsive to this type of design that Zoom brought forward, because it was very avant-garde for the time, for sure. About four years ago, I was in England, because I have some family in England, we were visiting, we were visiting them, and we were walking by the tube, which is, of course, their, you know, train system, and I saw somebody with a Zune 80 gigabyte in England, and I, my family kept walking by, I stopped, and I said, that is awesome, and he kind of, like, looked totally shocked, he's probably listening to his music, and he's like, who's this guy, and I said, that, you have a Zune, he gave me a weird look, and I just kept walking, I thought, well, he's a Zune guy, he's got to be just as excited about it as I am, he's in England, <laughs> he couldn't have gone to the store, why wasn't yeah. he excited to see someone else that loved it? Yeah. Anyway, I kept walking. My family was like, what, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. Just a little heartbroken. A little Just heartbroken. Just a little bit. Yeah, I not really go into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had a few moments like that where I get really excited and I see somebody with like a Lumia 1020 and a Surface and to have a Windows phone in Canada is like less than one in a million basically. So I'm like, like oh, are you like, are you really into like Microsoft? You know what I mean? Like I'll try and like start up a conversation like, oh, I just like, I just like the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> or it's something like, point. well, yeah, my my dad got this and he didn't like it, so he gave it to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. No. I wish we were at the point where people were like, just actively complacent with loving Microsoft devices. You know what I mean? Where people could be like, oh yeah, whatever. Like it's just I just have a Windows phone, no big deal. Like, I know. That's that's the point that it's at with like Android and Apple. So that's mm-hmm. like it's weird that that's the goal is for people yeah. to be like a little <laughs> yeah. bit complacent about the brand. Yeah. It is it is cool though because then so ma- those those few Windows Phone users are usually very very into them even if it's someone who doesn't even know the difference between this I have a a good friend of mine who uh, she has a Lumia 1020 I actually sold it to her she needed a phone I said I have this I don't want to get rid of it but I, I'll I'll sell you this she I want to take good pictures she's had the phone for like two years and loves that phone and she comes talk to me all the time it's like. Hey, I dropped it in the toilet. What do I do? I'm like, well, uh, we'll try to get it going. She's like, please revive this thing for me. <laughs> you know, she loves her phone, and um, and she know, knows, you know, she has no idea. She does, it barely plugs it in. It doesn't, you know, use any cloud storage. Nothing. She just knows it takes great pictures. She likes the layout, and even though it's an old phone, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, she loves it and doesn't even realize how much she truly, you know, she doesn't know she's a, she's an enthusiast. Vernon, we've got to know. Is it okay? <laughs> um, it is okay, actually. I don't know how. I said, get it in <laughs> right now. 
Gordon Rice, do not turn it on. You know, give it a week. Not a week, but I mean several days. Pray. <laughs> I mean, it was, um, you know, it, it was it was a stressful time for me and her as well. Well, so. I'm glad to hear it all as well. I was I was, I was sweating in my seat for a second here. It, it is better. The front-facing camera has some moisture in the in the the lens, but uh, the rear-facing camera is still working. Good. Good. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> Josh, uh, what else? Obviously, you you use Microsoft stuff. You, you you display that on LinkedIn and and your Twitter. I mean, you are a Microsoft guy, okay? Why? Um, I I think that um probably it was probably about four years ago uh, when Zoom was still a bit of a thing um, that I really just fell in love with uh, design. And the reason I fell in love with design was because of the Microsoft products that I'd used, so things like Zune especially. Um, and that was really, um, I think it was really unique, and I think it was they really saw pretty far into the future in terms of their vision for the company. And I didn't see that from companies like Google or Apple. They seemed like they had cool stuff, they had cool products, and they, some of them, some of those companies still have cool products. Um, but I feel like they don't really have a vision, um, and I feel like Microsoft has a really clear vision for the future, and I think it's a very realistic and achievable vision, which is, I think, really important when you're a company like Microsoft. Um, and so from a business perspective, I really, really admire them because I think that they've set themselves up really well for success in the future, um, especially in comparison to the other tech companies on there. Um, and I also really love Microsoft's business business ethics as well. Uh, I find that they conduct their business really ethically. And I think we, uh, I think it was, it was either the Windows 10 event or Build, uh, I believe it was Windows 10, uh, when Satya said something that like really resonated and that was, and it was the moment where I was like, that's the reason that I love Microsoft. That's exactly it. He hit the nail on the head and he said, we treat our users, um, as our customers and not our advertisers as the customers, something along the lines of that. A direct, um, I, a direct uh, hit at Google, basically. Direct hit at Google. That's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even while we use Google Hangouts and things like that, it's it's not intuitive. It doesn't, it doesn't help, really, the user uh, use it any... You know, there's, there's basically no investment in user experience at all. And I think that Microsoft because they really see their users as their customers, um, invest a lot in making sure that user experience is the absolute best it can be. And even Joe Belfiore, like, I think it was like three and a half years ago, said, um, you know, we're not, with Windows Phone, we're not going to be first to market with a lot of features, but when we release a feature, it's going to be perfect and it's going to be flawless. And I think that they've achieved that in a lot of ways. Um, and some people mean, I like that, we want to be first to market with a lot of things, but at least when it is released, it's ready, you know, and we're seeing with Android and Apple, when they release features, it's most of the time not really ready. I mean, they, you know, they release an iOS, iOS 8, where it, like, kills the Wi-Fi on all their iPhones, and it's like, did you not see that coming? That's kind of, like, an important thing, you know what I mean? I just feel like Microsoft has that really strong investment in their users and making sure that user experience is best in class. Now, it's I'd like probably... to hear... Ahead, it's probably fair to say that the Windows Insider program, although it isn't very old, there was something similar to that before, and I'm not I'm not very familiar with it, but 
it, it's probably fair to say that that is one of the tools that they use that make it so, I mean, that help refine that before it's really available. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine, I don't think Google does that. I mean, I can't even find a phone number to call Google if I have a problem. I mean, I can't, actually on Twitter, I tried this, it was, it took me quite some time, but I was really trying to find a way to complain at Google about one thing or another. I couldn't even find a way to do it on Twitter. And look at look at how many the dozens like on our, on the left side or right side of our Twitter we go on we go to Twitter we have like what 15 different suggestions for Microsoft um, branches services whatever uh, support here you know follow us talk to us we will help you all that kind of thing drastically different and I I, I think iOS is probably halfway in between both I don't know exactly but it's so so different and then of course also the, the the fan communities Android has an enormous community obviously enormous users but uh, I've heard for quite some time that it's just not the same Microsoft people just love their stuff and they they're they're happy to use uh, the products and to to tell people that they're using the products they like this mm-hmm for sure for sure especially when it comes to that support that you mentioned I think that's a really key differentiator. You know, you can, I've seen people just tweet out of the blue. Um, like one of the people that I follow just tweeted, they were like, oh, my surface is getting really, really hot all of a sudden, and I don't know why. Like it's never really got this hot before. Like it's very, very hot. And without even tagging surface, without mentioning support, they get the surface support tweeting them. And like you said, if you, if you want to get in touch with Google, you may as well drive to their head office because you're not going to get in touch with anyone there. Um, and and I, I think that's what makes what Satya said even more relevant and true is that their customers aren't their users. Their users are their product, and uh, their advertisers are their customers, and that's just the nature of their business. Exactly, and you mentioned about how much they care about user experience. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Josh, but in my opinion, you mentioned Zune spearheaded so many things. I think Zune, at least in my personal experience, was the first experience I had where I was like, First off, this hardware is really good, and this is from a software company, and this experience I'm getting, it is, at the time, with Vista and everything, and how people were complaining about Vista, it was completely opposite of what everyone was saying about Vista. I'm like, this is the same Microsoft that everyone's talking about how much they hate Vista. Use a Zoom, and you're like, this is... This is an incredible experience. And so as far... And you talk about your own design, so I want to ask you sort of a two-parter. In my opinion, Zune influenced not only sort of the hardware, um, I don't know, direction of Microsoft, but also the software direction, and especially in design. They've completely rebranded their company with the flat uh, elements, with that beautiful sans-serif typeface that we all love and use on all of our Word documents and everything Except we ever make. Today, did you, I don't know if you guys were watching their conference. I haven't had a chance, no. Like a tiny interjection. At the uh, partner conference today, they were doing their decks, like they were showing right. their deck and everything, right? And they go from this beautiful, you know, Seagull UI, thin, like really beautiful typeface that you said we all love. We all love it. It's beautiful. Um, and then randomly, they start going further into the slides, and it switches to Seagull UI script. What? And immediately on Twitter, you just see everyone being like screenshotting it and like, what? Somebody didn't finish this in time because this yeah. looks like garbage. Okay, so a mistake. Maybe they typed in Sego UI. <laughs> it was Sego and script came up, and they just hit yeah. enter. And they didn't. Yeah. Okay, 
let's yeah. hope that's what it is. Yeah, if Windows hope, 10 yeah. gets on my machine and this Sega UI script, I'm reverting to 8.1. I said right it now. looks like a soccer mom's Android phone. With oh, yeah. So, anyway, back, back, back to Sorry, the yeah. question. No, that's fine. That, that's, 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 good. that's good. That's downright despicable. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so would you say, you said you got into design because of Microsoft. Would you say, not only would you say that the design that Microsoft started with Zune has been influential and then also has influenced you? Uh, definitely has influenced me, for sure. I can say that without a doubt. And um, it's funny because I, in, my programs are very small. It's pretty competitive. It's pretty intense. But um, So we all see each other's work at the end of everything. And uh, people can, every single time, every single time I make something, people can always look at it and say, that's Josh's work. Because it's it's minimal, it has that Microsoft clean, modern design influence, and everybody can look at it and say, "Yep, that's Josh's work, and that's exactly what I want." I don't, I you know what? I don't even care so much if if they don't like the content or they don't, you know, they might move something a little bit to the left or something like that. As long as they can look at it and say that that's distinctly my work, that's what I want because I know that it's exactly derivative of Microsoft design influence. That's called um, strong personal brand. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly, yep. exactly. Um, and in terms of influencing design elsewhere, absolutely. Um, you look at even, because um, Windows Phone 7 um, didn't have as much of the refinement even that Zune had, in my opinion. Uh, it was very good and it was fantastic, but it, it wasn't quite as refined. And I think with Windows Phone 8, they got closer to that. And when Windows Phone 8 happened, um, we saw the other two giants really radically change their design and saying, hey, people actually do care how their phones look. It's not just about what it does. It's not just about the features. It's not about the processor in there. It's really largely how it looks. And a lot of the time people look at it and they say, that's pretty, I want it. And that's what happened with Apple products many, many years ago. People said, it's really pretty and I want it. And I think it, you'd be hard-pressed to argue with that, right? Um, and I think more and more people are realizing that it's not just how it looks, but it's also removing the clutter while still keeping all those same features is really key, and I think Microsoft has really mastered that, and Apple is definitely much better at it than, than Google is, for sure. Um, but then I would say, again, when it comes to the experience, the overall usability of it, Microsoft, hands down, has it, you know, has it figured out for sure, for sure. Did that answer your question? Was that? That did. Yeah, that was okay. great. Okay. Because I, I mean, basically, I wanted you to say yeah. what I wanted you to say, and you said it. So, okay, <laughs> good <Perfect>. job. <laughs> okay, my question here, um, as far as podcasting, and you, you know, mm -hmm. um, and you said that the community just was super strong. Was it kind of a surprise to you, or like, to what ex like, how did that correlate between the podcast itself and the community, and what do you, you know, um. If you are going to build another community from scratch, you're gonna. I'm a I'm a chicken farmer, and I'm gonna build the best chicken farm community I can. Would podcasting be one of the ways to do that? Like, what did you what did you think of the community? Yeah, um, I think what people really like about podcasting is that in a world of 140 characters, where we're getting really nice little sound bites all the time. Podcasts are really the only way, if we think about any other medium, the only other way where people can, with very little effort, hear like a full 
thought process of a person or a full description of something. Um, there's really no other way to do that. I mean, apart, like videos, right? But podcasting, you could argue, is also videos. That's what we're doing here now. So um, I think that podcasting is is really great, but it can't stand on its own. You know, like that's why you have the MS Mobile Show Twitter and everything like that, right? Um, and I think it's a really great supplement on top of that for people who are really interested to dig deeper into it, right? Because, I mean, that 140 characters only ever really scratches the surface. But it's great when you do have a, a, a group of really big enthusiast fans that they have the ability to go even deeper into it. And, again, podcasting, I think, is really the, the only and best way to be able to do that. Cool. Yeah, I I love podcasting. Just the whole idea of it. I'm lucky enough to be to be part of a couple podcasts and occasionally a guest on some things. But I love the idea of podcasts and uh, I listen to a lot of them. And last question I put in here, you know, thinking ahead, what I just this this is kind of open into question. What's it like being a revered part of the Zoom community? I mean, like it's so it's like there's such a mystique about it almost, and you got to be part of that. Um, in its, I guess, I don't know, in its heyday? Am I, am I um, how would you describe that? Um, I think you're giving me more credit than I deserve, but <laughs> um, it's it's very flattering uh, to hear that for sure. And uh, it is, it is, you know what, it's very, very humbling um, when I do meet people that work for Microsoft, um, and that's my goal long-term is to work for Microsoft. Uh, or immediately, if any Microsoft employees are listening. Um, but uh, it's great to be able to say that I was a part of it um, because it shows that I think, at least, I've been through the company's probably roughest spot in a long time. Um, but regardless of what a lot of other people were saying about Microsoft, still that passion remained the same and really only got bigger. Like, I'm even more of a fanatic than I ever have been before. But um, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool, especially for people who are into technology or anything like that, because I think for a lot of people, because they didn't know about it, it is very mysterious, and so it's kind of cool that I have a bit more insight in terms of, um, you know, why the product was the way it was and why why what happened to it happened, you know. Now, you had some key partners with Zoonited. Well, we'll go on to news in just a second, but I want to ask, uh, are there a few key people that you would consider, uh, like you couldn't have done it without them? Jared, 100%. Jared and Anna, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Jared uh, came up through this, through Zunited to work for Microsoft, and that's how he got his start. Um, and so another big shout-out to Jared Marino uh, for really, really uh, giving me a chance on that and uh, letting me be a part of that uh, in a, a kind of a small way, but still being a part of it was very, yeah, very I, I hear, I hear he's a pretty cool guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and Anna is just a fantastic, uh, fantastic personality and super enthusiastic and just hilarious. So, yeah, definitely a big shout-out to Anna Yap as well um, for being a part of that as well and working with me through my initial apprehensiveness of podcasting and everything like that because it's a little strange being on a podcast for the first time it's a weird it's a weird feeling for sure <laughs> yeah awesome so I'm going to move on to some news here really quickly I do want to mention that the Nintendo CEO um, Iwata Mr. Iwata 
passed away a few days ago, and that really made me sad because he was huge for Nintendo. He was, obviously he was the CEO, but he also was instrumental in so many of the games. He himself went in and did, you know, did programming on some of the games. He saved several games when they almost went to crap. He fixed them. He developed new, new, um, new, what was it? File extension or something? I don't remember what it was exactly. But he, but he made Pokemon Gold doubled. He doubled the size to fit in one cartridge. He did so many innovative, crazy things. And so, and it speaks a lot when Phil Spencer from Xbox and the PlayStation account will all say, hey, uh, Mr. Iwata, you will be missed. You have changed the gaming community forever. So I just wanted to pay some respects to him. I'm glad you did because I have no educated opinion on that at all. And I'm, I have, I feel bad, but um, yeah. Next thing here, Zune. Obviously, we talked quite a bit about Zune itself, Xbox or Microsoft's jump into the music. Uh, um, what do you call it? Music. What would you call it? Platform, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Music streaming music service. Space, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah into music, and then of course Xbox Music itself. Uh, we kind of, you know, thought that would help people correlate it to something cool and hip and, you know, the, the wonderful green color and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, recently we changed it to Microsoft, uh, well, Microsoft Groove or Groove Music. So a little bit vague to me as far as what they're actually naming it, but there's some discrepancy there. And then a couple different, um, basically, what do you think of the name itself? Before we talk about the name Groove, let me name off some other music names that I went through. Spotify, Beats, Pandora, these aren't in any particular order, Milk, that's Samsung's, <laughs> iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Amazon Prime Music, Plug.DJ, RDO, I'm, is um, Songza, iTunes Radio, AOL Music, AOL Music, I sh or AOL uh, Radio, I should say, Groove Shark, Rest Django, Last.FM, <laughs> Slacker Radio, Sony Music, and Turntable. Some of those are just fine. I think Amazon Prime Music. Prime Music is probably not bad. Google Play Music. Okay, I'm going. Google is going to play music. That kind of makes sense. Pandora. Okay, you just open it up and you're just seeing what you get, and it usually improves. That's fine. I think Beats. You can't really go wrong with that. Although I kind of have no respect for the company. Some of those other ones are ridiculous. What do you guys think? Groove versus this other crap. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, some of the names for sure are a little strange. I've never really understood Slacker Radio. It sounds like the name of a campus radio station in, like, the middle of, like, Pennsylvania or something like that, like a <laughs> community college radio station. Um, and I think it's interesting, though. Like, I had never heard of Milk, and that's one of the biggest tech companies' music service that I didn't know existed. And I'm pretty in the know with, like, you know, reasonably within the in the know of like what everyone else is offering. I've never heard of Milk before. It Me might be neither. that it's not offered in Canada, but um, what a terrible name. Um, <laughs> yeah, really strange. I think Groove. Um, and I tweeted this when they announced it. I don't probably no one saw it, but I said, you know, people probably thought Xbox was a pretty dumb name when they first said this is the Xbox because it sounds. I mean, looking back at the time, if we try and place ourselves in the shoes of everybody when Xbox original, I was going to say Xbox One, but Xbox original was released, um, everyone's probably like, Xbox? What, what is an Xbox? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a strange name, not that easy to pronounce if you're just reading it for the first time. Um, I think in terms of groove, I think it 
fits all the right criteria. It's related to the topic, right? Um, like you said, you were you were even mentioning it. I don't know if it was consciously or subconsciously, but things like Pandora, yeah, you can you you get it, right? They open up the Pandora box and you get all the things, right? Play music, prime music, like the best music. That's sort of the prime thing, right? In terms of the branding, I think it fits with music really well, obviously. Um, it's really easy to pronounce and remember. Um, groove is just easy, you know what I mean? Like songs of Spotify. Uh, I also work for Bose as well, like Bose Home Theater Systems and everything like that. Um, and uh, I'm a sales manager there, and we get a lot of people coming in. I listen to some uh, streaming thing, and I mention off a bunch of them. They're like, oh, it's uh, song, songs songs i don't know it's uh it's it's the radio one you know they don't know what it is so i think groove yeah. is really easy to remember it's easy to pronounce um and it's one syllable which is always helpful things like mm -hmm. beats you know it's it's easy to pronounce it's simple one syllable it fits i think um i think we'll all become acclimatized to it certainly much easier to remember than zune you're a lot That's nicer sure. to the name than most of twitter was yeah i know <laughs> what do you think, David? This is what I have to say about Groove. I think Groove works for music. But as far as... I mean, I know Zune... When you thought of Zune, at least when diehards thought of Zune, they thought of music first off. Then they thought of, well, it's also a podcasting platform. It's also yeah, videos and TV shows. Um, Groove doesn't do that. Uh, music and videos did it, but not well. And Xbox Entertainment was, a, I thought, a good attempt at rebranding Zune to be holistic entertainment via Xbox. Well, now they're ditching that. Like, you know what? Xbox is just games. JK, we're kidding. Uh, it's all about the games. So I think Groove is good, but you still have TV and movies. It's like you have Groove Music, which is this brand. It's this new push. And you have TV and movies. Like, that that seems a little empty to me. I don't know. That's just like the default icon on your taskbar. Oh, movies? What's this? Click? I mean, like, that's, I, that's not enough, I don't think. Yeah. It needs to inspire some type of allegiance really to it and um I, you know whatever i mean even, so either, even xbox music or xbox video xbox um tv or whatever i i really thought that the entertainment you know xbox one being the entertainment of the hub of the home i was expecting that to do well i'm surprised that they backed yeah. off of it mm -hmm. um well whatever um in general i think groove is not a bad name it's just you know we all hate change oh my god you know that you know I loved Xbox. No, no. I mean, like I actually didn't so think many it was a great didn't. name. I thought it was kind of annoying, and that green tile just breaking the continuity of my start screen. Like whatever. <laughs> but, um, Groove is going to be Groove is going to be fine, and uh, it all comes back to how good the service itself is. Of course, how they market it and uh, pricing to um, you know whatever. That's another podcast. Doesn't matter. But um, I think it's acceptable, and people just hate change. But it'll be all right. Can I add one last thing, super yes. quick, just from a marketing standpoint? I know I'm like blabbering on, but um, no, this is very good. Keep going. I think um, a lot of people in our community, uh, predominantly a male community, uh, and also a very much tech-savvy community. Um, I think we don't like the name Groove because it doesn't resonate as well with tech-savvy males. Um, but I think that if you look at the landscape of streaming radio. Uh, and that's really what Groove Music is. It's, it's ideally a streaming radio service. Um, predominantly, it is actually females. And I think that Groove probably pulled much better with females, which is a much larger piece of the pie. 
I think a lot of the reason for that is tech-savvy males in our community, predominantly, again, this is all like generalizing a little bit, but it's also pretty legitimate, I think, speaks well of our market, um, are more apt to download music in less savvy means, uh, store music on OneDrive because that's not a daunting task. Uh, but I know for people like my mother or my friends' mothers or even just my friends that are females, um, they would have a much harder time wrapping their head around a lot of that. Uh, they, they don't touch torrents. They, you know, they don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that the real opportunity for streaming music and Microsoft streaming music is with females, and I think that's probably a, a part of why they chose Groove is, is it's a less daunting thing for less tech-savvy people. Not that females are generally less tech-savvy, but I'm saying the market, you know what I mean? There are focus groups and everything there's like that. A, there's a stereotype there, and it's probably there for a reason. I mean, it, you know, there, that's how, demogra- you know, the way the male and female minds work differently. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a, a bad thing to, to categorize it that way. Right, it's not. To generalize. Yeah, I, think, I think if you look at real market research, you would find women generally less tech-savvy than men. Obviously, that's not the case in all cases, and that's changing There's very, always very exceptions. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think if you want to get through reason, in reasonable time... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, is no. This has been great. This no, is no this great. This is great. But Vernon, good. I mean, I'm gonna go with the plan here, live, raw, raw, unedited. What do you think I don't about? Know. Just, Are we gonna be able to handle this? I don't Listeners, know. Hang on. Would you be able to? You think we should like just read the headlines, give like a one or two sentence description, and then move on? We're not gonna have any discussion. I, I just want to touch on the news. Okay, so you go first. And I'll I will do like every other one, or we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Okay, Microsoft to launch at least six new six smartphones later this year. This is the headline, and then in that same headline, or in the in the in the uh, blog post, it also said it has decided to launch no more than six smartphones per year. So it is unclear to me whether they are less than six, more than six, right at six. I mean, um, but obviously we know they're doing less than the twenty or whatever it has been for all the, the smaller, the cheaper iterations. And uh, obviously, they're focusing on the high end. We've heard that. I've, I feel that's true. This is good news to me. Awesome. I'm excited for it as well. I think it's going to be a smart move. Microsoft Office 2016 for Mac rolls out for Office 365 subscribers in 139 countries and 16 languages. And I have to say, it looks amazing. The applications Office 2011 on Mac were not that good. They were pretty lackluster. I wouldn't say they were terrible, especially when they came out with some updates, but I know a lot of people really didn't like them, and they sure didn't look like the other Office applications. Now with 2016 for Mac, they look the sleek, modern, Microsoft-ish universal app look, which I'm excited. Speaking of universal apps, universal Office apps for Windows 10 will be available on July 29th. Exciting stuff. I'm excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. The Universal Office apps for Windows 10 will be available on July 29th. Good news. Great. Cool. Apple. Apple's iOS 8.4 adoption rate hits 40% in seven days. Very, very impressive. Absolutely. Apple also blocks iOS 8.3 downgrade to promote Apple Music. Every time they do an upgrade, they put a new app in there. Sometimes, I know with um, 8.0, 8.1 or something, they put in podcasts, which, of course, is a great thing. But if you don't listen to podcasts, you don't need that in there. Same thing with, I mean, I have a folder on my iPhone 
stuff I don't use, and it's not a small <laughs> folder. <laughs> Can't uninstall it, and I was just having this conversation with uh, an Android user, a friend of mine, who uh, has the same problems with Android. Can't uninstall that stuff. I showed him how easy it is to do with Windows Phone. I love that. That's great. Yep, start screen is the best. So Google, Google Maps can now send directions from desktop to Android. There's a link you click that says send these directions to your phone. That is really cool. Microsoft, get on it. Because I don't want other companies doing stuff cooler than you. Stop it. <laughs> do you want to talk about Google Now on tap? Or do you know I don't know anything that? about that. Okay. Why don't you cover that one? I'll go and do it briefly. So Google Now on tap is going to be part of Android M, which is going to be the latest Android uh, update, uh, latest operating system version. And what's so cool about it is if you're listening to music, you can say, uh, who's the artist? You know, and it depending on the context it uses is what you're viewing on the screen. So it will find out the artist from the song that's currently playing. It'll do those types of things. It was so funny to see is both Google and Apple are moving really, really fast now in their personal assistant space because Cortana has done so well and it's in beta. Right? Like, oh, wow, Cortana just came on on my phone. That happens routinely. Um, so it's really exciting to see. These, these personal assistants are going to get really big. And now that Cortana is going to be in Windows 10, we're going to have more people talking to their computers and their devices than we've ever had before. This would be very, very cool. I would love it if there was, um, um, if, if Cortana could pick up on you saying, okay, Google, and then say, why I'm here, would you like assistance? <laughs> <laughs> How may I be of service to you? You're talking at the wrong device. <laughs> you really should get it. I mean, like, whatever. Oh, my goodness. That would be Wouldn't so that... funny. Anyway, that would just be a cool little, you know, Easter egg or something. That would be very cool. Yeah. Let's jump yeah. to to uh, personal picks here. For as far as Windows Phone app picks, I'm gonna go with Network Speed Test by Microsoft Research. Not a glamorous app. Not a new app. Works on Windows Phone, obviously, but um, it it works on Windows Phone, and that is the key. You want to uh, measure the the uh, the speed of your your network. That's what it does. Free, obviously. Um, network Speed Test by Microsoft Research. And my app is Uber, obviously a hot topic right now. Uber's a great service, and their Windows Phone application rocks. I have used it multiple times. In fact, if you use the promo code, darn it, I actually can't remember. I think it's Uber David V. Kimball. I think. All one word. If nice. you use it, you'll get, I think, $20 off your first ride. So sign up for Uber, download on your Windows Phone, and when there's a promo code spot, put in Uber David V. Kimball, because then I'll get money too. So make it happen. Nice. Do it. Josh, what would you recommend for a Windows Phone app? Yeah, uh, sort of on the same line of things in terms of transit. Uh, an app called Move It is on Windows now, and I think it's new to Windows, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and if you're like me and you're not in one of the cities that Bing Maps uh, supports for transit data, Move It is absolutely beautiful uh, and amazing for public transit. So it's what you would expect from... Google Maps, if you'd search, you know, this direction to this direction. Uh, what's really cool about it is, is it has, like, a bit of crowdsourcing aspect to it. So if you want to get from point A to point B, and it's recommending you take, like, a bunch of transfers on different buses or trains or whatever, um, and you know that there's a better way to get there, you can actually say, suggest a better route, and that way when other people are going from that point A to point B, it'll actually adjust for your better route, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, and it's, like I said, it's just absolutely beautiful. You might not be able to see it, but it's just, it's really, really nice and minimal. It just fits the operating system perfectly, and I'm just loving it. Nice. 
Why don't you tell us about your music pick, Josh? Yeah, my music pick. Uh, I'm really big into indie music, indie pop especially. Um, and there's a band called Skylar Spence, and they just performed here, and I unfortunately couldn't go. Uh, but they're really upbeat. If you're looking for summer music, Skylar Spence is exactly who you should be listening to. They have a song called Fiona Coin, and it's just like it's it'll be your instant summer jam. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely listen. Writing it down and right on, now. And they're on Groove Music, so you can cool. If you have a pass, you can download it for free. All right, I'm going to go with GT and the Halo Express. This is not a recent band. This is actually a a uh, children's um, Christian... Uh, it basically helps you learn the Bible verses, okay? It's like a, a on-air, what do you call it? Like a radio drama, only not really that dramatic. It's for children, you know, they have a few, you know, 90 seconds of speaking, and then they have a minute and a half song with a Bible verse. And I listened to this stuff as a child for many years. My Everyone... Um, and then they've had a few new ones. And so my daughter, who's almost 14, almost 15, she knows many of these. We'll be in church, and, she, and they'll say a Bible verse, and we'll think about that song. And we'll, <laughs> like, we'll finish, you know, finish the verse, but like also if there's a quirky song or something, we're like, yeah, I remember that, but that's like one of my favorite songs. It's really, really corny, but um, obviously it works. And now I have younger children, and just today or yesterday I started uh, playing this for my toddler son. And he likes it. He's, he sits. It's funny. He'll just tune it out. You can tell he's just playing. Then other times he'll just stop and just like listen. It's amazing to see a toddler hold still for one. But anyway, <laughs> GT and the Halo Express—they've been out forever. I mean, I don't know if there's any new stuff or anything. The, the ones I've listened to are at least 20 years old. I don't know, but it's still uh, moderately relevant. It's not uh, too, really too time sensitive. David, what do you have? Now, do not play this for your kids. This is a, a band called Contrast. And they're, you know, they're not particularly bad or anything, but um, I like a bunch of random music. I love indie pop music like Josh does, but I also like symphonic metal, and I like random kinds of metal. So this is a Polish crossover uh, metal band. I think I mentioned them on Glance and Go before. Uh, but they have a song called Hey DJ that's completely ridiculous. And what I like about Contrast is they have a male and female lead singer, so some variety, and they just do not take themselves seriously. If you watch their music videos, they're just doing silly, goofy stuff. So if if you want to check them out, they're like random metal and just sometimes like other random instruments. Hey DJ is the song to listen to. I think there's accordion in that one and random stuff. And they also nice. have a new album called Explosative, which is new, and I've been listening to that and enjoying Love it. Love that word. <laughs> it's a great word. Cool. Um, well, I'm going to jump into my podcast before I forget what it was. It's by Brad Sams of, of Neowin. He just started this, his first episode um, I think it's called Redmond Report. I wasn't able to find it in a podcast. Um, I didn't find the, the RSS, but you you know just stream it off a website uh, through, through SoundCloud at least. But Brad Sams has been covering Microsoft for quite some time, and um, the Redmond it is Redmond Report. Redmond Report is what he's naming his podcast. Redmond Post ripoff. It's what? Redmond Post ripoff. Redmond Post. Yeah, that's I totally wasn't kidding, but that's that's totally reasonable. Kidding. But it, it's a, not a bad name for. A, you know, no, that's right. a great name. I was thinking how it was really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. Who knows? Maybe this is his only episode. Maybe he's the new Windows Weekly, whatever. But um, obviously, Brad Sams is respected in the community. Great find. My podcast pick is the Marketing Lifestyle Show with Amy Schmidauer. And Amy Schmidauer does social media marketing, digital communications. She does a lot of video type marketing consulting. And she owns SavvySexySocial.com. She has a bunch of great videos on there about how to manage social media smartly. 
and she's done conferences, and she's doing a tour or something right now. Anyway, pretty fun to listen to. She has some great insights, and she recently started a podcast called The Marketing Lifestyle Show. Josh, what you got for a podcast? Uh, if you're looking for a laugh, um, Not Too Deep with Grace Helbig is absolutely hilarious. If you've seen Grace Helbig on YouTube, that's the same one. And now she has a show on E, I believe. Yeah, E. Um, and she's just absolutely hilarious and quirky and silly. And it's just a great show if you're looking for like a good morning show to wake you up or on your way to work or something like that. It's fantastic. And she's got a bunch of other famous people and YouTubers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Awesome. I just have to say, before we get to our Twitter tip, we blew through news and picks in 10 minutes. Can we give ourselves yeah. a round of applause? That was awesome. That's pretty that awesome. awesome. I'm going to clap. It's going to sound like crap here. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm sorry if yeah. that sounds like crap. I just clapped. Oh, okay, so the Twitter okay. tip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So the Twitter tip of the episode is if you need to update a tweet, don't delete it and tweet it again, meaning if there's an update like, I don't know, um, I can't think of a good example right now, but if you need to if you need to update your tweet with new information, all you have to do is reply to your own tweet. You, you might you might seem like a fool at first, and it might seem really weird, but if you reply to your own tweet, and let's say it's been an hour or two since you initially did the first tweet, it'll jump back up to the top of people's news feeds that are following you, and they'll be able to see both. Um, and if you want everyone to see it, you want to see it on your profile, put a dot or something before your own handle when you reply to yourself, and that way is visible on your profile, and then when people click that, they can see what you're replying to. So just a little tip for um, sort of bringing an old tweet back up to the top. Nice. That is a good tip. One thing we did not, um, we will cover that's not in the show notes here, uh, David, is that you have the opportunity now to become a um, an MS Mobile Show patron. Patron um, meaning that if you actually like the show, you might actually be listening to Wow. And if it's worth something to you, you can help us cover some of our expenses. Obviously, our time is, is uh, you know, we invest a lot of time in this. Also, the hardware, uh, Kevin does a great job doing all the back-end stuff. Obviously, we have server uh, costs and hosting fees and all that type of thing. And so if you feel this is valuable to you, you can donate to the show. Um, there's a few different options for you, but at the bottom of every, pretty much every page on our site, and then also at the right of most of them, I'm not... You'll see it basically. You can um, you can donate uh, between a dollar and fifty bucks a month monthly. Wow, yeah. And um, so you, whatever, if if you feel it's valuable to you, uh, please do so. It helps us out, helps cover a few expenses. Also, if you are a company, a business, an entity who wants to get your brand out there, there's also a, you can go to msmobileshow.com/advertise. Yes, think. it's advertise. Mm-hmm. We'll put it in the notes here too. And there's the specifics on how you can advertise with us. We made a point not to jump into this too quickly. We wanted to get into the show. We wanted to get um, find those few fans out there who really uh, liked our show. We certainly found plenty of them, and we are kind of getting a rhythm. We're we're starting out the summer with, you know, guests. We're going to do guests for quite some time here, and then probably towards the fall we'll back off and just keep it under an hour. But we want to get a feel for it. And now, if you feel the show is valuable to you, um, let us know, and we will do our best to continue to make the show as good as we can. David, what's next here? It looks like we're down to wrapping up this episode, but I just want to reiterate what Vernon said. If you do enjoy this show and you get a lot out of it, some spare change every month 
That's literally one of the options. You can go to msmobileshow.com slash advertise, which is where you can also become a patron. And spare change is an option, so like a dollar a month. Even that would help us if you wanted to do that. Uh, and it's just for keeping the show going and for uh, getting more content out there. So thank you so much for listening to the MS Mobile Show. If you did enjoy the show, we'd love it if you listen again. The best way to do so is to subscribe to the podcast with your favorite podcasting application, and you can find the link for your respective podcasting platform at msmobileshow.com slash subscribe. Vernon, how can people contact us and give us feedback? Follow us on Twitter. We are at MS Mobile Show. Pretty simple. We are the most active there. We say this all the time. Go hit us up on Twitter. You can email us if you want. That's not, I don't want to say email's outdated, but email's kind of outdated. Contact us on Twitter. Oh, um, if you want to use email, email. It's uh, contact at msmobileshow.com. We also use Facebook, MS Mobile Show. There's probably a G Plus thing out there somewhere too for us. Haven't checked in in a while. Josh. Thanks again so much for joining us on the show. How can people find you on the internet? Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm super active on Twitter uh, at Josh M N Martin. Um, M N is my middle name, so it's M then N Martin. Uh, and very soon, JoshMartin.ca will be launching, where I'm going to be doing more Microsoft slash graphic design. Uh, blogging and stuff like that. Not so much news, but more like editorials and stuff like that. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. David, why don't you plug yourself this time as far as anything extra you have going on which people should already know about. All right. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at David V. Kimball and my website at davidvkimball.com. But also, you can go to beyondtweeting.com and check out another podcast that I do, which this is about this particular podcast is about Microsoft and mobile, but I also have another show, Beyond Tweeting, which is about social media for practitioners, people that like to get their hands dirty in social media and mess around with it and hack it, and uh, I have a bunch of great guests right now, so if you're curious about that and you enjoyed some of our dialoguing earlier in this episode, please do check that out as well. Absolutely. And I've noticed that all of us use our middle initials, which is um, a thing, I guess. I don't know if it's just a thing for us three, but it's, it's a thing. You can find me on Twitter at Vernon E-L. Thanks again for listening, everyone, if you want to, watching. Uh, the chat room actually has been pretty good today. We've had a lot of people in there. Daryl, of course, is in there. Let's, let's take, let me take a quick look here. Shout out to a couple other people who are in there. Might as well. And I can't, what is wrong? Who else do we have in here? We got, oh, Rick's in there. Rick joined us, all right. Uh, Kevin's in there, of course. Um, Daryl, Rawl, um, Halftime. I saw JJ in there earlier. Who else is in there? Um, somebody else I saw. But yeah, obviously a pretty uh, active um, uh, wow, chat room, which we don't pay as much of attention to as we should. Sorry, guys. But we appreciate it. Uh, we record every Monday at 1 in the afternoon afternoon here in the central time, obviously uh, 11 p.m. Le wow, 11 a.m. Pacific to... Let's just say 7 uh, p.m. over in London. That's about it for the show. Um, we went over two hours, obviously, or after an hour. Okay, yeah, see, I can't speak for that much. We're done, okay? Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay mobile, everyone. Bye.